When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. This is the Pewter Post Game Show, where we will be recapping and breaking down everything. From the Bucks' loss to the Falcons by a score of 16 to 13. And there's no other way to say it other than this was a bad, bad, ugly loss for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me live from Raymond James Stadium is SR Scott Reynolds. And Scott, there's a number of ways we can go with this, but uh, I think more than anything else, this loss is on the Bucks' offense for how they performed today. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Matt. I mean, it, it, this is, like, like the graphic said, totally offensive. This yeah. offense has just simply regressed from the bye week. We saw 26 points. We saw three red zone touchdowns in that win at New Orleans. And we even saw some semblance of a running game. In that game, they ran for 114 yards. This team is just moving backwards offensively. Yeah. And there's no momentum, and, and it's it's uh, it's awful. Um, and, and, and it makes you wonder, too, and, and I can't wait to look at the film from this game. Um, looking at it here, it's like there are some open receivers, and Baker's not finding him, whether whether he's not making yeah. it through his progressions or he's just not seeing it because he's 6'1", or there's Falcons in his face. Um, this game came down to first and goal, at the eight-yard line, they had three shots to score a touchdown and win this game. Three. And two incompletions in the sack, and they brought out Chase McLaughlin. And I turned to Bailey Adams in the press box, and I said, that's it. They're not winning this game. Even if it goes to overtime, this is going to be as, as, uh, as, as close as they're going to get to winning the game and punching it in, into the end zone. So uh, the Falcons went to a lot of cover, too. In the second half, took away the Mike Evans deep shots like they gave up. When yeah. Whenever he plays A.J. Terrell, it's usually a fun game for Mike. And he was having some fun in the first half. Falcons played a lot of cover, too. Uh, the Buccaneers consciously stayed away from Jesse Bates, which is a good idea. He had three interceptions. Uh, but this team, again, can't run the ball, bogs down inside the red zone, can't get touchdowns. And, um, you know, overall, you look at, at the statistics – Stats don't win games. 329 yards of offense. They converted 50% on third down. Yeah. <laughs> but that did not tell the tale of just how bad this offense was and how Correct. inept it was. And, uh, you know, I thought this might be the game where they kind of, they've kind of done this, you know, up and down with the running game, 120 yards against the Vikings rushing the ball and then nothing against the Eagles and then 114 yards at New Orleans and nothing against the Lions. I thought this might be a bit of a bounce back game. This team talked the talk this week, but when Sunday came, 
They did not walk the walk. The penalties were inexcusable. And Matt, for the first time, the Bucs won the turnover margin did. and didn't win the game. And listen, the defense isn't off the hook. I mean, what Ryan Neal yeah. did at the end of the game, not being able to tackle Kyle Pitts when he caught the ball, yeah, is bad. inexcusable. Absolutely yeah. inexcusable. But at the end of the day, the Bucs defense, week in and week out, gives the offense or the team in general an opportunity yeah. to win week in and week out. And granted, some of the turnovers that the Bucs forced were, yeah. you know, kind of a saving grace because they all happened in the red zone. I mean, right. Antoine Winfield Jr. is doing the Lord's work <laughs> on every single play, <laughs> yes. whether it's breaking up a pass in the end zone, forcing the fumble on Desmond oh, Ritter, yeah. which should have been a walk-in touchdown. Yeah, yeah right, right there. there. Great graphic. Yep. Um, you know, that should have been a walk-in touchdown for Desmond Ritter, yep. but Antoine Winfield Jr. gave the Bucks life. But again, this whole story is the Bucks offense. I mean, yep. their run game, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Their run game is disgusting. Their best running play was Baker Mayfield scrambling, just running for his life, and it was a huge play. And Dave Canales deserves a ton of criticism for, you know, how this game yeah. looked. But I also do think there is a really good point of what you brought up that Baker just flat out missed guys. And let's forget yeah. about the fact that, yes, they had an opportunity to win the game in the red zone right there. But let's wind right. it back just a little bit. The last yeah. drive before that, they were in field goal range. They were in the red zone. And Baker, yeah. a mind-numbing, inexcusable interception. And if you watch the replay, yeah. you know, I watch on the TV, you're there yeah. at the stadium. The replay... Kate Auden is covered like white on rice. And right. there's another defender that ends up getting the interception. Richie Grant. Yeah, Kate, right behind Kate him. Auden, yeah. Kate yeah. Auden was not open at all. And then yeah. if you want to fast forward to that red zone drive or the last drive where they kicked the field goal to tie it up, there was almost an interception on the first play on first and goal when Baker tried yeah. throwing it to Chris Godwin. And thank God the ball got tipped in the air. Again, Chris Godwin was fully covered. It's like, why are right. you throwing the football to him on that specific play where he's covered. They were lucky that ball didn't get yeah. intercepted as well. So I'm not calling for Baker to be benched. I don't think it's Trask time just yet. But right. if he doesn't play well on Thursday and, you know, the, the following week on next Sunday, the conversation will start coming about of, is it time to move to Kyle Trask? Because for the second week in a row, Baker Mayfield did not play well. And, you know, yeah. the, the run game was terrible. There are a lot of things you could point to and say that the whole offense did not perform well. But, you know, the quarterback is a big reason for a lot of good teams and bad teams. And Baker didn't show up again for the second week in a row. Yeah. And so just to address this from AJ here, this obsession with the inside run game has to be a Bulls directive. The odds are very low that two very different offensive coordinators would bang their head against the same wall. Uh, well, there's a couple common denominators here, and one of them is not Todd Bowles. He has literally nothing to do with the offense, like nothing. Yeah. There's no Todd Bowles directive whatsoever. He is a defensive play caller. He's got his hands full. He entrusts the offensive coordinator to put together the, the run game. Uh, so here are the common denominators from last year. Offensive line coaches Harold Goodwin, who is the run game coordinator, that's a common denominator. Yeah, Rashad White, the running back, and Keyshawn Vaughn, the backup. That's a common denominator. Both of those guys were here last year. Robert Hainsey was the center last year. So uh, if you look, the Falcons ran the ball plenty. 
some of those runs were no gain, one yard, two yards, and some of those runs they actually broke yeah. uh, against the Buccaneers between the tackles. The problem is, and, and I understand the premise of, of the question here, so I'm not dismissing it, but every time this team tries to run outside, okay, when you're talking about outside runs, what are you talking about? You're talking about, about perimeter blocks. Yeah. Kate Otten is an absolute awful run blocker. Like, he gets yeah. blown up. We blew right? up the so, – we, we showed the tape during the podcast. Yeah. I'll cut you off, but we showed the tape during the podcast yeah. this week. You and I broke it down, and Josh yeah. Capo did an even better job with the video yeah, on our did. YouTube channel. But, yeah, Kate Otten right. struggling blocking-wise. Yeah. So, like, you have two tackles, but the tackles can't block everybody. It comes down to the tight ends. And they don't have tight ends that can block. Coquif, I'm sorry, I don't see the fascination with him. He is not a dominant run blocker whatsoever. Um, honestly, in my opinion, I, I would move on and find a different tight end because yeah. he's so one-dimensional. Um, and then on, on the there was a play where I think Keyshawn Vaughn got tackled for a four-yard loss. That was on Kate Otten getting blown yeah. up at the line of scrimmage. And causing a negative four-yard running play. So that's why they can't run. Then when you do break off a run, you have a 10-yard holding penalty on Trey Palmer calling back, a, what, a 13, 14-yard running yeah. play. And, and I thought it was a ticky-tack foul. This officiating crew is known for a high volume of flags. Oh. It's a flag-heavy unit. And honestly, I never want to see him again because yeah. so many of, of the, the penalties – were very ticky-tack. I even think a couple of the Falcons penalties, it seemed to be you were the calling penalties on the Falcons defense or the Bucks offense. It wasn't really much yeah. to do on the Falcons offense or the Bucks defense. But um it it, it was it was bad. Uh it, it and and I don't think the personnel on this team is equipped to have that much better of a running game. I and, and I don't know that that honestly that Harold Goodwin and Joe Gilbert are the offensive line coaches that can really you know, put together a strong running game. I mean, this they come from the Bruce Arian system, which is pass first, it's pass heavy. He's he was the quarterback whisperer. Yeah. Okay. So um some of the fault lies at the scheme, right? I mean, it's like Canalis is the is the play caller, and he gets a lion's share of the blame as well. But Harold Goodwin's the guy designing the runs. Yeah. And I don't know. And I also think it's time to look at some different personnel. I think this team may, needs to make some some wholesale changes to the running back room, to the tight end room. Um, it doesn't hurt to bring in new people because the, some of the players, Keyshawn Vaughn, Co-Keefe, Kate Otten, they're not getting the job done. Yeah. I'm not saying cut Kate Otten, uh, but he's really a, a tight end two, tight end three. He's not a starting caliber tight end. And and so to me, uh, I, I'm just not terribly impressed with Matt Filer. I don't see any push from the big man. Give me Nick, Nick Leverett in there at left. Let's see what he can do. The left guard position, Matt, uh, that, that position as a whole improved when Leverett was in there yeah. for Luke Gedeke <laughs> last year. So I don't know, man. At, at this point in time, um, if you stick with what's working, what's the, what's the definition of insanity? Keep do doing the same, the same thing, thing, expecting yeah. a different result? Just saying. Yeah, and we'll get to a couple. Uh, we got some super chats coming up. Appreciate everybody in the comments. Yeah, Appreciate you. the super chat. Um Kind of similar. Well, it is the run game because I'm talking about Rashad yeah. White. Scott, I don't even know if you have the answer to this, but why is it when Rashad White gets a pass thrown to him, he looks like right. he's Tyreek Hill and can break every single tackle, and this is unbelievable. But then you, hand, run, him, son. Run. you hand him the football, and he turns yeah. into 
someone that has like never played the game of football before. It does not make sense to me just why he's so just good run. at one. Yeah, he's so good at one thing and so pedestrian at the yeah. other. It does not make sense, and so many things have to change with this running game because nothing is working for this team. But let's get to uh, yeah. let's get to the super chats. Thank you, Michael, for the four ninety nine super chat who says Baker didn't play great, but this mindset of Canales to have a 50-50 offense needs to be abandoned. Run games bad, tired of third and five plus all the time. Michael, I think you bring up a great point because, you know, Dave Canales came up this week and he said, oh, we're all having, the offense is having these great conversations. They're communicating with each other. Yeah. And the big thing that Dave Canales said was, we're trying to win the division. So he, what he essentially was saying was, I haven't even shown all the things that this offense can do. And I get I get the idea of it. It's a good idea. Yeah. But when you're not getting it done on a play-by-play -play basis, when do you draw the line and say, screw saving something for week 10 or week 11. We got to yeah. do this crap now because what we're doing right now is not right. working and it's costing us football games. It cost them the game yeah. today because they could not run the ball. And then all of a sudden, when you got into the red zone on that last drive, that would be the one time you actually maybe should run it. And that's something that Dave Canales talked about, that I need to run the ball more in the red zone. And then they right. didn't run it at all. And that's why you had the two incompletions and Baker getting sacked on the last play. Yeah. It, uh, and, and, you know, I, I will say one this. thing and then doing a complete different. Credit to Falcons, though. I mean, they did bring in David Onyemata and Calais Campbell, yeah. like two really big guys that aren't that much in terms of pass rushing, although I think both did get a sack today. Um, but they're they're really good against the run. So the, the Falcons defense came into the league or came in today with the league's 10th best rushing defense, allowing 99 yards. The Bucks ran for 73. Uh, 31 of that was a Baker scramble. But yeah, <laughs> uh, to, to, to Michael's point about this, the Bucks came out throwing the ball and, and they really didn't. They really weren't uh, stubborn about getting balanced today. They really were not. I mean, and, and, and the numbers bear that out. They had 20 yeah. rushes today and 42 pass attempts. They passed the ball twice as much as they ran it, and they really didn't even run it that many times because Baker Mayfield had three scrambles on pass plays. So they really had 17 carries. And if you add in those three, which were supposed to be passes, it ended up being Baker Mayfield scrambles. Yeah, yeah. 17 runs. 45 passes and honestly i'm okay with that i'm okay with that level of balance because again it did produce 329 yards this team did move the ball it didn't do squat inside the red zone unfortunately and it didn't do enough because of the penalties the self-inflicted wounds nine penalties matt what were we talking seven on the offensive side today is that right a seven lot out of the nine i believe yeah. right yeah. So it's it's self-inflicted wounds. It's starting drives before or stopping drives before they start, essentially. Um, and and I, I'm I'm okay. I, I actually thought that the the today's balance was actually what it should be. It should be two-thirds pass, one-third run, because stop banging your head against the wall trying to run the ball if it's not working. Now, some of those runs, like the third and one down there, like I at that point in time where they had to punt, I think the Bucks were inside their own 20-yard line. Uh, I would not have ran the ball there. So it's deciding when to run. And yeah. the four carries for seven yards to Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, you know, next time I see Jason Light, I'm going to tell him, it's like, if you cut Keyshawn Vaughn today, he's going to be unemployed. Like, no one's going to want to pick him up. He's not good. He's not an NFL caliber running back. 
maybe a practice squad guy. But if the Bucks were to cut him today, no one's going to pick him up off of waivers. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like you're giving a guy, and he had four four carries for seven yards. Uh, he had a drop. Yes. The, so the drop, yeah. the biggest thing for me, and because there was one play he had a run for like minus four yards, and there was a defender right. in his face before he even touched yeah. the football. That was Kate Otten. Uh, yeah. Not blocking on that yeah. yeah. And like, I, I don't even blame Keyshawn Vaughn for that. But the right. dropped pass, I said it right after. I was like, I'm not really trying to open. be a jerk. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I was like, what value does Keyshawn Vaughn bring to this team that like Sean Tucker can't bring? Because yeah. he dropped a wide open pass. He's been doing that since he entered the NFL. Yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn doesn't provide any value for this no, team. And I know it's he, a big thing to say, but we got to call it, it like we see it. Yeah, I agree, Matt. It, it's the truth. And the truth hurts sometimes, but I'm not here to worry about people's feelings. I'm, I'm here to analyze Buccaneer football. Yeah, and, and I'm sure and I'm truth. sure Keyshawn Vaughn had a great week of practice, though. I'm sure he was Didn't great matter. in practice, yeah. and why? That's why he got the uh, you know the the, the carries as RB yeah. two. If you can't do it on game days, it doesn't matter what you do in practice. Right? Yeah, pr- pr- practice does have some value. I'm not saying just show up and play the games, but and Todd Bowles even said it too, and he's right. Like you can have a great week of practice; it has to carry over into the games, yeah. right? I mean, another guy too, just to jump around for a quick second. Is Matt, what did we say on the, the Peter Report podcast, the preview show? This is going to be a game where the linebackers need double-digit tackles, right? Yep. Here are, the, here are the tackle totals for today. You tell me who's missing. Levante David, 13 tackles. Jamel Dean, 10 tackles. Ryan Neal, 10 tackles. Okay? Th- those are your three double-digit tackler guys right there. Who's missing from that equation that maybe, maybe, I don't know, being right in the middle of the defense should be – Making a bunch more plays than he is. Who's yeah, that? I think it's someone that likes to get live. He likes to get yeah. live. <laughs> yeah, yeah Devin White. I, I even took him because I, I'm a firm believer of uh, you know big game matchups. I, I know to the Five national for Devin White. the national NFL crowd, Bucks Falcons doesn't look like a huge game for for those that are fans of teams in the NFC South. This was a yeah. big game, and I'm a firm believer yeah. of when you have these big matchups, your best players have to step up and okay. shine, and that's why I picked Devin White. On pewter picks and props to have higher yeah. than uh seven tackles and, and tackles he should have but yeah, yeah was nowhere to be found and yeah a huge White. mental gaff on that 45 yard catch and run by algier 47 yeah. yards whatever it was he started going after the quarterback when yeah. he was with algier yeah, yeah so that was a huge play um but let's get to the super chat from yep. dots mason thank you very much thank for you. the 1999 super chat and Dante says, on third and goal, Baker should have took off running, self-inflicted, shaken my head. So I do yeah. feel, especially in the second half, and you mentioned that cover two, they were taking away Mike Evans and things right. of that nature. There were, it seemed like a lot of times, and of course it reared its ugly head on third downs, where no one was open, and that's why Baker had to either eat a sack or, or throw the football away. I actually would have preferred I'm not saying yeah. specifically to this third and goal play. I know Baker had the big scramble. I would have preferred him to tuck it and run a little bit more because I, I do feel like there were a lot of wasted plays of, up. Oh, no one's open. I'm just going to yeah. throw it away versus, oh, let me try to get a couple of yards in that situation. But I think it's an even bigger indicator of we know it's the Mike and Chris show uh, with this offense, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. The yeah. Bucs have no other answers. If they try to take Mike Evans out yeah. of the game or you know, Chris Godwin has a quote-unquote pedestrian game, the Bucs right. have 
no other answers. I mean, Trey Palmer did nothing in this game. I know he was open against the Lions, but Trey Palmer did nothing. Devin Tompkins' biggest contribution was a fumble that led to a field goal for the Atlanta Falcons. And it was nice against the Saints. Don't get me wrong. But for the long term, sustainably, the Bucs do not have an answer, a third option, where if things aren't always going for Mike or Chris – there's nothing else they can, that they can do. They clearly can't you're, run. You're right, Matt. And, and Kate Otten, right? I mean, he got five catches, 43 yards. It was one of his more productive yeah. games. But still, an 8.6-yard average. I mean, he's he's not breaking tackles. There's no elusiveness there. He's He's got a step on a defender. He gets the ball, and he gets tackled. I mean, it. he came in averaging eight yards per catch. He finished with 8.6. Um, th- this offense is just – there's no dynamic playmakers on a consistent basis outside of Mike and Chris and the contributions, as you mentioned from Trey Palmer, from Devin Tompkins, they're so hit or miss. And that's probably because they're younger players. And also too, I think Baker Mayfield, I don't think he, I don't think this was the game where he really went through his progressions. I think there were opportunities for him where he missed over them. Didn't, didn't get to the second or third. It was like first read check down, right. Or first read, Look around, take a sack, or, or try to scramble. There's going to be some opportunities. I think you go back and look at, at this film where he missed some guys that, uh, you know, maybe not as wide open as, as, as Trey Palmer was last week, but they yeah. were open. But uh, to, to this point here on third and goal, Baker should have took off running, self-inflicted. I, I agree. Um, I, you know, at some point in time, you have to throw the, the fade to Mike Evans, right? You, you've got to scheme that to where he gets the one-on-one, Right, and it's a corner route, and and Baker throws it up to the six foot five receiver. That's what we said last year. Yeah, Tom Brady didn't do that enough, and I, I, I don't know why you don't do that on first down and just try to try to take a shot there. Um, Matt, I, I agree with you. Right, try to try to get down there and and uh, do a draw. Right, spread them out four wide, even a, even a quarterback draw. Go five wide, spread them yeah. out. And look, look for the gap. I mean, you're talking eight yards, and Baker could probably run five. Now you're in second and, and goal from the, the three. Uh, what it could have, should have at this point in time, unfortunately, for the Bucks. And it did feel like a, a number of times. Again, you know, I'm watching on my TV. I can only see so many quick replays. Yeah. But there were a couple of times when they did the slow-mo replay, and I was like, that guy's open right there. Chris yeah. Godwin's open, you know, yeah. by the sideline. And I want to say with second down, Mike Evans is standing there wide open in the end zone. And Baker yeah, just, just the all 22 him, so. is going to be it's going uh, to be brutal. It's going to granted we're in Halloween season. It's going to be a little graphic and maybe horrifying to, spooky, to box fans. Sure. Yeah, spooky yeah. for sure. We got a uh, we got a bunch of super chats. So appreciate yeah. all computer people. Let's go with Nicola. Thank you for the 499 super chat, Nicola, who says we have two amazing receivers, but instead overuse Vaughn like he's something special. Also felt like I was in Atlanta while at this game. Ha ha. Yeah, I mean, I, I do not understand the usage of Keyshawn Vaughn. What is Keyshawn Vaughn doing that Sean Tucker cannot do? Um, you know, yeah. we asked him last month. We asked Todd Bowles last Monday, why is Keyshawn Vaughn getting the RB2 snaps over Sean Tucker? And he right. essentially said he had a good practice, which, again, as we already discussed, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. Yeah. Doing things in practice can only take you so far. And uh, I mean, he came in averaging 1.7 yards, Matt, and he increased it to 1.8 today. Yeah. So he, he, All right, he progress. 1.8 yards, right? 
I don't know, man. It's just it's it's a waste of, of downs. It's a waste of touches, if you ask me. Um, I'd rather go with the unknown guy in Sean Tucker. Maybe he prizes us and rips off some big run or whatever. Maybe he fumbles. I don't know. At this point, who cares, right? But I, I, we've seen we've seen Keyshawn Vaughn for four years. We know who he is. Exactly. He's this guy. He's exactly. This guy. We know who Keyshawn Vaughn is. We yeah. know what he does, which is not much. At least right. with Sean Tucker, there is a little bit of an element of surprise, an element of, oh, like maybe he can become something. But right. uh, until they give him more snaps, it remains yeah. to be seen. Got another super chat from Zachary Jarvis, $1.99. Thank you very much, Zachary, who says, is it time to bench Ryan Neal? Yes. We are getting yeah. very close to it because, again, this loss is on the offense. But the game was 13 to 13 with what right. under two minutes, whatever it was. And yep. Ryan Neal's miss of Kyle Pitts was a huge reason why the Bucs lost this game. He missed yeah. the tackle on Kyle Pitts. He was right there. And he also had the benefit of Pitts was like still coming down with the football. It wasn't like right. Pitts was facing him and running right. and made a move and juked him. You can kind of yeah. live with that. Like he, Kyle Pitts had his back to Ryan Neal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He had his back to him. All you have to do is put your arms around him, and then, if anything, you at least slow him down, and then gang tackling pursues and everything like that. Uh, Another bad moment for Ryan Neal, and again, D. Delaney, two interceptions tied for the team lead. A lot of people are going to be clamoring for him, and Bucks fans aren't wrong for clamoring for uh, D. Delaney either. And another super chat, $4.99 from DSG Carlos who says, can anyone recap the game? I missed it yep. due to work. Well, Carlos, thank you. I got, I got for, it right uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> I, here. Here's the recap. The recap is uh, the Falcons didn't want to win it, and neither did the Buccaneers. And the Falcons are like, here, you take it. And then the Bucs were like, I don't want it. Here, you take the win. And then the Falcons said, no, I don't want this win. You take it. And the Falcons, you know, uh, tried to give it to the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers said, no, thank you. You take this win. You know, you're our guests here at Raymond James Stadium. It would be rude if we didn't let you win. So you kick the game-winning field goal, and that's pretty much what happened. Uh, Desmond Ritter is Jameis Winston. He keeps both teams in, in the ballgame. Desmond Ritter actually made more plays than Baker Mayfield made. The problem is he made them for both the Falcons and the Buccaneers. He had three turnovers inside the Falcons, or I should say inside the Bucks, 11-yard line. Two, two fumbles. Um, well, actually, three fumbles, really. Uh, a fumbled snap that Yaya, Yaya Diaby recovered. That was one of them. Um, he had the, the the sack fumble from Shaq from Barrett. Barrett. And Kalaj you can't see in on the right. mix as well. Yeah. As right. So th- this this was the Bucks' lone sack of the game, which was disappointing. Um, so they had, they had one sack, sack fumble there from Shaq Barrett. Then you had Yaya Diaby uh, recovering a fumbled snap. Uh, center exchange between the center and the quarterback. So that was that was the second one. Uh, great play by Yaya Diaby. They're literally met down at the like five inch line, right? It, it was yeah. that close. Um, and then right at the end, you had Antoine Winfield Jr. being Superman again, punching the ball out of Desmond Ritter's hands uh, right as he was about to cross the goal line. And for that, the Buccaneers got a touchback. No touchdown for the Falcons, and the Buccaneers went down and kicked a game-winning field or game-winning game-tying field goal, and it looked like this game might go in overtime. But as I told Bailey Adams, 
in the press box when they had three shots at the eight yard line and didn't score and they had to kick the field goal. I said, that was their only chance to win this game. They're not going to win. And that proved to be prophetic, unfortunately, but Winfield had a great game, seven tackles, pass breakup in the end zone against Drake London on a fantastic yeah. pass breakup play. And then the, the forced fumble there. So. If Antoine Winfield, I tweeted this out. If Antoine Winfield Jr. does not make All Pro this season, we have to riot. Yeah, <laughs> like, I agree. he is playing at such a high level. Give this man all of the money. The Bucks will have more money now because I mean, you're not going to sign Baker Mayfield to a contract extension yeah. at this point with uh, what he's doing. And uh, thank you, Buck Wild, for this comment. Who yeah. says, "Hit that like, comment, and subscribe." Also, join the chat. It is. Free, it absolutely is. Right. Yeah, please follow us on all of our social media. Help grow our YouTube channel, and it helps when you like and subscribe. It also helps. It could make you feel better with the way that the Bucks played today. You could feel better if you have a Celsius Energy Drink, which go. is the official sponsor right, you. of the Pewter Report podcast. Check out all the great flavors they have. Their newest one is the Cosmic Vibe, which is a sparkling fruit punch, but. There are so many great flavors of Celsius. My personal favorite is the Arctic Vibe. The orange is great. The peach mango is awesome. Peach Vibe as well. Strawberry lemonade is in my top five. There is no sugar, no post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with another product out there. So you want to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, go to the Celsius store locator on their website. Punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location to pick one up. It could be at your local Walmart, your Target, your health and fitness store, or maybe, just maybe, your bodega. Bodega. And never gets old. And uh, once you keep going to your bodega, you know you love it and you want more, that's when I would recommend getting the variety pack. Because variety is the spice of life. You can get it in bulk over at Amazon. Do the subscribe and save. And have it sent to your residence whenever you want. You're in charge of it. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly, whenever. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Make Celsius your number one pick. Yeah. Um, so the good news for the Buccaneers is they play on Thursday night. They got to flush this game really yeah. quickly. And, and I think they came out of this game with the exception of um, Kayvon Merriweather, who had an uh, ankle injury. But I, I think they came out of this game pretty unscathed. So they yeah. should be in pretty good shape from a health standpoint going to Buffalo. Buffalo lost to the they Patriots. Did, to the awful, maybe the yeah. worst team in the league, the New England Patriots. Yeah. So, so uh, you, would, you would think that they're going to be pissed off, right, because they lost the Patriots. I mean, you would think the Bucs would be pissed off. That's what we that was the whole conversation. This yeah. week. The Bucks are pissed off. They lost the Lions. You know, it trust me, just because you lose one week and you get pissed off does not mean that you win the next week. So yeah. uh, at this point in time, uh the Buccaneers are one and and three at home. Yeah. One and three at home. Awful. And they're two and oh on the road. Maybe they have some road mojo. I have no idea. One thing I do know for sure is this will be a very short, fascinating week. The game's on Thursday night. The Buccaneers will not hurt you next Sunday. You will not be hurt by this team next Sunday. Why? Because there's no game. There's no game next Sunday. The game's on Thursday. So next yeah. weekend, man, un unless your college team loses, you're going to have a great weekend. Go to the beach. I'm going to Siesta Key next weekend. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, 
the Bucks are not going to hurt you next Sunday. So, so you know, if you're looking for, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Sunshine here, th- that that's your your good news for the day right there from Scott Reynolds. So, um, <laughs> having said that, Matt, ser- in all seriousness, though, this team came off of, of their bye week, three and one. Pretty good about where this team was after beating the Falcons, uh, not the Falcons, uh, beating the Saints in New Orleans, right? 26 points on offense, uh, nine points held the, the Saints out of, out of the end zone, uh, got uh, some takeaways. Baker had three touchdowns. The red zone was clicking. They had 114 yards yeah. rushing. This team was feeling pretty good about itself. Then the bye week comes, right? Now they've had two back-to-back home losses that have really kind of derailed the season right now. I will say this. Don't turn that dial, Bucks fans. I know that you wanted your team to get an early stranglehold on the NFC South title, right? It didn't happen. But like last year, this division yes. is going down to the wire. Yeah. It just is. <laughs> Someone, someone's going to win this division at 9-8. and eight. It may be your Buccaneers. Someone may win this, this division at 8-9. and nine. We saw it happen last year. The NFC South is not good. It just isn't, right? Yeah. The NFC South... NFC South today, right? That's just what happened. <laughs> and, and so hang in there. <laughs> I'm not saying the Bucs are going to win this division, but I'm not saying they're not either. This is not a good division. On any given Sunday, any team in the NFC South can lose, including your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We saw that today. So there, there's that. But, Matt, they have a little bit of a mini bye week now. Yeah. Right? The last bye week was after everything was all, oh, we're good. Oh, we're three and one. Oh, Baker Mayfield. Oh, just beat the Saints. Yeah. Just beat the Saints. This is a, a, a mini buy. This is you have you have a weekend where you're not playing football, right? Coaches don't go anywhere. Report for duty. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, figure this thing out because you got a lot of, of personnel moves to consider making on your roster and maybe Jason Light off your roster. And you got some schematic things to work on. So if there if there's a saving grace, it's that win or lose on Thursday night, they have an opportunity here with no game. They have an extended time to try to figure some things out and really look at what they've been doing right and try to do more of it, which isn't enough, and look at what they're doing wrong, which is plenty, and try to figure that crap out. I see no lies with what you're saying, Scott. Maybe it is a good thing that they're playing on Thursday because win or lose, at least they can rip the Band-Aid off quickly of, uh, you know, again, not affecting your Sunday. And uh, oddly and scarily a little bit, again, Halloween season, we've seen this before. I mean, let's remember last season, granted, different quarterback, everything, blah, blah, blah. Bucks started out 2-0. Everything was all honky-dory. Things were great. That's right. Bucks are undefeated. Oh, they're going to cakewalk to the to the playoffs, to the division. And things yep. very much went south from there. And now we're seeing it again. Bucks 3-1. and one, Everything's great. Woohoo! Oh, yep. they lost the Lions. The Lions are really good. That's okay. And then, bam, they put up another clunker, right. as uh, Todd Bowles was saying last week, another clunker this week. Zachary Jarvis with another $1.99. Super chat who says, How bad is the Bucks defense in crunch time? Um, I don't know. I, I again I, I would say that the Bucks are the reason that they have three wins on the season. Yeah. Brian Neal messed up in that moment. I don't think that's a I don't think that should put the label on the Bucks that they can't get the job done. They don't do well in crunch time. 
I just think it yeah. was a bad play by Ryan Neal. I will say they need more production from like getting after the quarterback. And they do. You know, Sha- Shaq Barrett had a really good game. Yaya Diaby recovered the fumble. I'm still not in love with what the outside linebackers are doing. JTS. No, they, they need to do more. They, they didn't do anything. They didn't make their presence felt today. They really didn't, you know. And uh, 156 yards allowed on the ground. That, that just can't happen. The Bucks yeah. was okay. The run in the first half, and you saw really uh, after that big touchdown, or not the touchdown, but the big long play, the pass play that Devin White gave up, um, you saw Algier rip off a big run. Patterson yep. had back-to-back runs. And it just took the the wind out of the, the sails. And 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 the same thing offensively. I, I know that we had a comment. I forget who it was. Maybe it was Eric Gross who was was you know kind of dissing on Bulls for not having energy. This team came out fully energized, but there are some deflating things that happen. And football is a game of momentum. It just is, right? And when you have momentum, you're playing better. And when you don't, like you're on your heels. And the Buccaneers, yeah. that was the prime example of that drive. They were on their heels. And if not for Winfield playing superhero again and punching the ball out, they would have scored a touchdown. The game would have been over right there yeah. on that Desmond Britta play. But uh, one thing Mike Evans said in the locker room was, was they had a great week of practice. Everything was great. And they had these self-inflicted penalties. A lot of them pre-snap. Ball starts, alignment issues, you know, uh, illegal formations. Those kind of things – when your offense is struggling, and everybody knows it's struggling, Todd Bowles knows it's struggling, Dave Dallas <laughs> knows it's struggling, Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, uh, the, Lions, the drunk guy in the last seat in the house knows it. Everyone knows it's struggling. And then when you have those penalties, and all of a sudden, and let's say you get a, a four-yard run, right, second and six, nope, nope, it's it's now first and, and eleven, right, it, or you know, first and fifteen because you get a, a ball start or something. So. Those are deflating things. Those are momentum-stealing instances. And it's not even the other team that's stealing momentum away from you. Yeah. It's you are – you're choking yourself. Like, these are self-inflicted wounds. Yes. And 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 they have this, oh, here we go again, type mentality. And Absolutely. that's not what this offense needs right now. And when they do it to themselves, it's bad enough when you try to beat the Falcons. When you're the Buccaneers and you're trying to beat uh, – the Falcons, a flag happy referee crew, and and the Buccaneers, like you're not going to win, and that's what happened today. They they tried to take on the Falcons, the refs, and themselves, <laughs> and they lost. And and no team is going to win trying yeah. trying to 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 fight three people. You got to you got to do what you can to beat your opponent, and and hope it's good enough. But the self inflicted wounds, yeah. uh, especially. Against a crew that, and I talked to some Buccaneer players, they said, we knew this crew was be looking for everything. Like like all the holding stuff, all that. This is a flag-happy crew. They had to be on with the technique today, and they weren't. They were disciplined, and it cost them. And for as much as the refs were a pain in the ass, and they were a huge pain in the ass, yeah. can you fault the refs for calling uh, a false start penalty or an illegal shift or no. all that stuff? Those, You're making like, it easy on them. A- exactly. And I think the best way to sum it up, the perfect way to sum it up, if I were to ask you, did the Falcons really beat the Bucs today or did the Bucs give the game away? I would say the Bucs gave this game away. Yeah, they gave the game away. They did. Um, Shout they, out to they, you. So go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, they made enough plays on defense where it could have gone either way, Matt. The Falcons could have run the Buccaneers completely out of Raymond James Stadium today. They could have blown them out if not yeah. for those three 
turnovers that they had uh, in the red zone, their own, yeah. uh, you know, 11 yard line. Yeah. Yeah. And second week in a row where, you know, again, the, the score line will say that the Bucks allowed 20 points, but it's the second week in a row where the Bucks defense had to come onto the field yeah. in their own end zone inside the 10 yard line and held right. their opponent's well, field goal. So really uh, 16 points, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, let's get back to the super chat. Shout out to Meets McGee. Thank you for a $10 super chat who says, I'm done with Devin White. He's a liability in the past. Time to look at Travasse Dennis, who had a nice special team tackle today on passing yep. downs. He plays when he wants. Everyone noticed his lack of effort versus the Ravens. I noticed it two years ago against the Bills. I mean, Devin White's not going to be benched. Todd Bowles loves him. But Never what I will say is Devin White is not playing himself into a big-time contract. Both players that want a huge no. contract this uh, next season, Mike Evans and Devin White, right, have not positioned themselves quite no. well to, to earn the big payday that uh, yeah. they believe that they – deserve uh saw this one before oh so terrence uh there's one early eric collison we got okay uh, got terrence we'll get to you in a second yep. um thank you eric for the 499 super chat it says at what point does jason light have to look in the mirror and get someone else to evaluate running backs because he has missed every single time scott this is something that you have talked about a ton that his blind spot is finding running backs and Sadly, Rashad White is quickly turning into another example of the laundry list of uh, running backs that have not been found via yeah. Jason Light. So, I mean, they, they had a chance to draft Tyler Algier, who was a Bucks best bet last year. And um, I, I liked him. Um, I thought Algier was, was better than Rashad White at a BYU. Tackle breaker. Um, 59 yards today, a, a, a 2.8 yard average, just just because of the volume and the Bucks were selling out to stop the run. Uh, but then you look at what he did in the passing game too: three catches, 53 yards, including a 46 yarder. So uh, I, he, he's a better back. I mean, he had a thousand yards last year, right? He's yeah. and and uh, yeah. I mean, once again, Peter Report will try to serve up some running backs and our suggestions. We know the Bucks front office reads our stuff. They just got to pull the trigger. Um, I love running backs. I, I'm, a, I'm an old throwback kind of guy. Grew up, you know, in the, watching football in the '80s. John Riggins was my favorite guy with the Washington Redskins. Uh, talking about Emmitt Smith, you know, Walter Payton. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's a sentimental position to me. And and I, I long for the days when this when this team had Mike Allstott and Warwick Dunn, right? Not just yeah. one capable back, but two. This team doesn't have any backs right now, and uh, and that's a shame. Uh, but uh, we're still working on it. Yeah, <laughs> still a work in progress. Thank you yeah. to Terrence Montgomery for the four ninety nine super chat. He had a follow up question. He said, "Should yeah. the Bucks go after Derrick Henry? In a perfect world, yes, but they cannot afford Derrick Henry. There's yep. just no room in the salary cap. It's uh, it's not going to happen. And the Titans are yep. abysmal. And uh, yep. but they still think that they can win. So yeah, he's also twenty nine years old, and you're yes. going to have to pay him another monster contract. It just it, it, in in Madden, sure. In Madden, yeah, trade, yeah. But <laughs> in in reality, it's it's just not it's not feasible. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Thank you to Ghoul the Tool for the five dollars super chat. He says, "Just tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thoughts? Yeah. Uh, thought that RB one is making thoughts that RB one is making a better wide receiver three than running back. Defense needs to up the zone coverage, or we won't stand a chance." 
in this Bills game. Funny you say that, Cool the Tool, because I said at the beginning yeah. of the show, Rashad White looks like Tyreek Hill when they throw him yeah. the football. But then all of a sudden, when he plays running back, he looks yeah. like the twin of Keyshawn Vaughn yeah. for whatever Six reason. catches, 65 yards. And, and, and that was the game plan coming in. The game plan was to get Rashad White the ball in space as an outlet receiver. They did that. He averaged 10.8 yards per catch. Mike Evans averaged 13.7. Chris Gobbin averaged 11. The next guy is Rashad at 10.8, 22-yard catch and run. Uh, that's where he was best. That's where he's best used. Between the tackles as a runner, he didn't have the burst. You know, he just no, doesn't. does not have it at the moment, which is why I've – I didn't pick him this week, but I've made a lot of picks for Rashad White with his rushing yards yeah. and picking the under a lot lately, which I do – over yep. at Underdog Fantasy, use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to get a first deposit bonus with using Underdog Fantasy. The pickums are a ton of fun. I ended up going three and two with my picks on player props this week for uh, for Bucks versus Falcons. But all you have to do, you pick at least two different players, one from each team. You're just picking the uh, the higher or lower on their stats, whether it's receiving yards, passing yards, touchdowns. Um, whatever it is, it's a great way to get involved more into football, especially if it's two teams that maybe you're not a huge fan of. But use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Start winning some money. The Pick'em's great. The Rivals is fun. They got a lot of in-game tournaments as well. And they also do it for more than just football. I mean, obviously, football is the best sport, but you can do it for uh, a variety of different sports as well. So Underdog Fantasy, use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Shout out to Underdog Fantasy. Yeah, just a comment here from Luke. Do, do we lose three in a row or do the Bills lose two in a row? One of those two things has to happen. Nobody wants to see a tie. Um, <laughs> you got to give the Bills, I think, the home field advantage in that situation. There's, at, least they're, at least they're scoring some points. The yeah. Bucks just they're at such a, a, a handicap right now not being able to score points. Um, I'm not saying they, they won't win or can't win on Thursday night, uh, but – I'm going to go with the team that probably has the better quarterback and the chance to score more points than, than the other one. Yeah. So we just got the media schedule out. And just, just so you guys know, we will have a podcast tomorrow. Todd Bowles is talking at 2.15. So we will have our, our Monday podcast. Be sure to join us for that. We'll have more analysis. We'll have a chance to watch the game, break down some things that we may not cover tonight. And we'll hear from Todd Bowles as well. Uh, the Buccaneers have shifted their, pra their practice schedule a little bit. So Dave Canales and Baker Mayfield and Larry Foote are all going to be available on Tuesday. So typically we don't do podcasts on Tuesday. We do them Mondays, Wednesdays, whatever. We on Thursday. So we're going to do podcasts this week on Monday and Tuesday. The team will be practicing early in the morning on Wednesday and then flying out to Buffalo for the game on Thursday. So podcasts this week coming up. Monday, Tuesday, none on Wednesday. Then Thursday, we'll have the post-game podcast after the Bills game, and then a Friday kind of podcast, and then no podcast during the weekend. So that's the schedule for this week. We'll post it on socials just so you guys yeah. follow up. But the media schedule just came out. Yeah, so there you go. Always a little bit different when uh, the game's on a Thursday. But, uh, yeah, fun. Again, you can rip the Band-Aid off quicker. But let's get back to the yep. Super Chats. Thank you to Fernando Fernandez. With the dollar ninety nine super chat, who says this is the type of game Brady wins at the end, even with the struggles the Bucks had last yeah. season, it, it's hard not to think that again that last drive with yeah. Brady, Bucks score a touchdown versus uh, you know 
versus kicking that field goal and in time yeah. the game up. But Tom Brady is also the greatest quarterback of all time. So yeah. granted, a little bit of advantage there. Uh, yeah. Callie Bucks, thank you for the four ninety nine super chat. Who says missed chances by Baker to run upfield with the ball? Baker has no time. He waits for a receiver or sack instead of running four yards. Yeah, this goes back to I mentioned it earlier. I, I would have liked Baker to tuck and run a little bit more. And from a pass blocking perspective, overall this season, we've given the offensive line praise, especially Luke Gedeke, for how they've yeah. done pass blocking. I didn't think they really did a good job today um, in yeah. terms of pass blocking. Baker did get sacked a couple of times. There were more moments where Baker had to, you know, dodged up, duck, dip, dive, and dodge, as the saying right. goes, from dodgeball. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, didn't love what I saw from the offensive line today, specifically pass blocking. And we knew the really run was terrible. So, yeah. yeah, really reminded me of Jeff Garcia, the former Bucks quarterback, a smaller yeah. guy, 6'1", as well, just – Struggles to see uh, behind the line of scrimmage because of his height, and gets a little frenetic uh, in in the in the pocket. Um, and uh, and sometimes that works out when he scrambles and makes a big play. When he doesn't escape the pocket, doesn't find those open receivers, it, it is not good. And and there's too much of that today. Bucks basement, thank you for the four ninety nine super chat. Who says one game closer to the entire coaching staff is fired. Bowles needs to go. Armstrong, I'm shocked, is still here. And Canales, good thing on the resume. You know, we've given Keith Armstrong a ton of uh, criticism yeah. over the years. Special teams, at least the past couple of games, really hasn't been too much of an issue unless I'm yeah, they haven't hurt forgetting the team. everything. You know, the, that's yeah. the thing. They haven't hurt the team. I come the, the kicking unit and, and Chase McLaughlin, that, that's a great one-two punch. I think a yeah. lot of teams would like to have a one-two punch like that. The return game is, yeah, meh, you know. Tompkins had a solid kick return today. He got yeah. it out to like the 30, 35. Yeah. Uh, Bucks Basement, thanks for the $1.99 super chat. Says Trash, Vaughn, and Neil, they are the weakest. They are the weakest links. Uh, well, yeah. Ryan Neal, I mean, it's a simple substitution. You put in D Delaney, who, again, at least is making plays with the two turnovers yeah. he has. And, Ma and, and Matt, we've seen, we've seen what he looks like. He played the entire game against New Orleans. And, and yeah. played credible football, had an interception exactly. of Jameis in the fourth quarter. So it's not like, well, we don't know what it would be like, you know, and what we would be losing with D. Delaney. Look at the Saints game. I mean, D. Delaney played a hell of a game. I mean, check the PFF boxes, check the all 22. He played credible football the entire game. Uh, Ryan Neal got hurt, what, third play, second play of the game? Yeah, the early, very early. Give me the guy who has two interceptions and put him in there and see what happens. Uh, I'm not saying and, that he'd be any better than, than Ryan Neal, but I don't think he can be any worse. And wasn't the status of Ryan Neal, it was like, oh, he's better in the box. He'll help stopping the run game. Well, <laughs> I mean, what was it, 156 rushing yards today for Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, he had 10 clearly, tackles. Clearly but, did not help yeah. make the difference. Yeah, he had a lot of tackles, but were they impact yeah. tackles? Not, yeah, I'm not exactly. necessarily sure. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're looking for an impact in the world of real estate, I got the guide for you. Eric Gross in the Eric Gross Group. Uh, folks, Eric Gross is the official realtor of Pewter Report. I know he is hurting with you, Buccaneer fans, uh, after today's loss. Uh, it was not a fun one to watch or cover, for sure. Uh, but when it comes to coverage uh, for you, making sure you get top dollar for the house that you're selling or the best value for the home that you're looking to buy. The Eric Gross Group has done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market. 
And with interest rates going up to 8%, boy, you need a pro bowler on your side to make sure that your mortgage isn't out of control, to make sure that you are um, you know, making, getting the best value that you can in your, your real estate purchase. And Eric Gross is going to make sure that that happens. He's an avid Peter Report reader, Tampa native. His father was stationed at McDill Air Force Base. He and his team have got the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, the commitment to excellence that serves you and sets them apart. With a strong team of vendors and a network of 85,000 agents across the country, if you're moving to the great state of Florida, Eric can help you sell your home where you are and buy in Florida. If you're leaving the great state of Florida, he can help on both ends of those transactions or whether you're moving around the state of Florida, turn to Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group. Make sure that you check out the website, housesinfla.com. It's a great website. love the layout. Check out their inventory, housesinfla.com. Give Eric a call at 513-907-4271. No matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Once again, housesinfla.com. By the way, shout out to all the Peter people today. I know it was a very frustrating yeah. loss for the Buccaneers, uh, but you guys still turned out with a huge audience, a ton of great. Yeah, we're in this uh, together, guys. Yeah, we're we in this are. In this, yeah, we're trying to find a solution. We don't necessarily have an answer to that solution. Just well, cut Keyshawn. I, I can't run the ball. I'm not fast and I'm old. OK, <laughs> Matt, I don't think you're the answer either. You, you got 20 no. years on me, but. I, I don't I don't know that you can do much behind this offensive line and the tight ends right now. Can't forget about the tight ends. They're a culprit too in this running game. Uh Matt, just final thoughts again. I, I if you're looking for the ray of sunshine, if you're looking for the hope, um they do have that little mini buy this weekend. Yeah. Give them an opportunity to to really maybe hone in and drill down on some of these things and get things corrected for the long haul. Uh this is this is game six for the Buccaneers yep. in week seven. They have 11 more games, 11 more. A lot can and will happen. This division is up for grabs. It was up for grabs last year. Uh, the Panthers are going nowhere fast. The Saints, I think, are spiraling. The Falcons have a little bit of hope right now. Um, that can be a very fleeting thing. So th th there's going to be a rematch later in Atlanta. The Bucs are going to have to split with the Falcons to win the division. They know that going in right now. So this this thing went down to the wire last time, Matt, yeah. right? It, it <laughs> went down to week week 17. Mm -hmm. Bucks and Panthers. The Bucs won the NFC South here on this field by beating the Panthers. They trailed that game at halftime. Bruce Arians got inducted to the Ring of Honor, and they won the game. They ended up losing a game uh, the next week. Didn't change their playoff positioning at all in Atlanta. But it did give Desmond Ritter a win. And he's now 2-0 against the Buccaneers. So yeah. they've, they've, got, they've got some business to take care of. they got some work to do against the Falcons. But they got to continue to get NFC wins and stack those up. they got to somehow find some offense and find a running game and, and find some touchdowns in Buffalo, Matt, on Thursday. Yeah, and I'm trying to stay level-headed with it because we do have to remember the Bucs are only six games into the season. Now, if, yeah. if there are similar issues – in let's just say week 12, then there are major, yes. major concerns. But I do want to keep a level head of like, they are still figuring things out. And yeah. this defense will be the catalyst of this team for the next month or so. 
Uh, yeah. So with that in mind, by the way, this guy is probably having a great day because the Baltimore Ravens absolutely pummeled the Detroit Lions today. <laughs> Shout out to former Bucks offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, who probably this isn't the Todd <laughs> Munkin, but nonetheless, thanks for the ten dollars super chat, Todd, who says, "Be patient, Bucks fans." When I take over as head coach, I'll overhaul the staff, run game, install a winning culture, and we'll oversee an innovative, creative, adaptable offense. Which QB do y'all want me to draft? Yeah, Todd, uh, uh, Todd that, that would be great. You could have texted me that rather than give us a super chat, but we appreciate your $10. Uh, all kidding aside, Matt, to your point, last year, the Buccaneers started off 3-5. and five. They were 3-5 and five before getting a, a – a couple of wins against the Rams and the Seahawks to even their record before going into their bye week. So uh, they were even worse off last year. They were three and five, right? They're three and three right now. They still won this division. Uh, You know, I'm not saying that, that they're not going to win nine, eight, nine or eight games this year. I I think that we predicted nine and eight. It's still out there for them. I think it's still attainable. I don't think. With with losses like this, I don't think that you're going to get 10, 11, 12 wins because you really got to stay on track. You got to win the winnable games. I think this was definitely a winnable game that they let slip out of their hands. They cannot let that happen anymore. They're going to take their lumps against the 49ers, might even take their lumps against the Bills on Thursday night. Um, but you, you got to handle business in the AFC South. You got to finish business in the NFC South. And if you do that, the division is still there for the taking get a playoff berth and who knows maybe you're right man maybe they figure some stuff out on offense the end of the season whether it's baker mayfield whether it's kyle trask who knows but yeah but 11 games left still a lot of football to analyze cover digest and maybe enjoy i don't even think we'll be able to make a prediction about the nfc south until like week 15 and be like oh yeah it's down to these two teams like it very much may come down to that Uh, like even like the saints alone they yeah. annihilate the uh, the Patriots a week right. or two ago, and then looked a, like their offense looked worse than the Bucks' offense when they played on Thursday yes. against Jacksonville. To the point, the fans were booing. Yeah. It was loud. It was audible. And then, like I don't know, they figured it out late in the game because football is crazy and crazy things happen. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, this game obviously really really tough for Bucks fans. Yeah. But there's still hope. Like, the division is still within reach. And I said this on the pregame show. The biggest impact would be, like, there's more of an impact if the Bucks won today and had a two-game lead yeah. over everyone else versus the Falcons winning today and the Bucks are, you know, essentially tied or, you know, they lose one yeah. little tiebreaker. So, overall, not it's – a, it's a crappy loss, but it's right. not – like everything is still within reach for the Bucks. Still in front Everything's of them. Everything's sustainable. Yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be back, uh, folks, tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Make sure you're there for this fun little thing we do at 420. It's called uh, – what's it called, Matt? It's called Roll Call. We love interacting with the Peter people. We have a great turnout every single week. Uh, we just – you know, it's a fun thing we do where everyone uh, comments where they are watching the show from, whether you're in Florida, the United States, or international as well. So uh, we love doing that, interacting with the Peter people. We'll do that on tomorrow's show. In the meantime, make sure you're following us on all of our social media, at Peter Report on X, Facebook, Threads, and Instagram. And our YouTube channel is Peter Report TV. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave a comment on this episode if, you know, whether you're angry that the Bucks lost or you 
have an answer for why they're struggling, uh, please leave a comment. It helps grow our audience, and uh, we're trying to grow this YouTube channel as much as we possibly can. That's going to do it for us on today's show. For Scott Reynolds, live from Raymond James Stadium, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.